Welcome to the Expat Cast, the show where expats share their stories about fitting in, standing out, and every mishap on the journey to finding home abroad. I'm your host, Nicole. Before we dive in, I have a couple of corona-related resources to share with you guys. First up, if you are listening to this and you are living in Germany or a German-speaking country, but your German isn't quite good enough to fully understand all the nuances of your local news sources, I set up a service where I'll connect you with translators who will then be your coronavirus translation buddy, and you can send them direct links to things that you have questions with, and they'll help you translate or interpret what that article or video or what have you is saying. Now, for this to work, we need people on both sides. So if you are a translator by trade, or if you are fluent in German and English or another language, I also need you. So in both cases, whether you're looking for help or you are looking to help, the best way to find the correct link is to go onto the ExpatCast Twitter. So that is twitter.com slash the ExpatCast. I'm organizing this all through Google Forms, and so the Google Form link is just too complicated to share here. So if you're listening, again, you can go ahead to Twitter. It's my pinned tweet, and you can find it there. And of course, I'll also link to that in the show notes. I know I'm noticing more than ever how important it is to have local news sources that I can trust and that I understand because national news sources right now, they're still helpful and it's still important information, but everything that they're talking about is at a federal level, at a nationwide level. And in this scenario, every individual city and town and state even is making different decisions, having different restrictions. So it's very, very important that you're getting the information that is exactly about where you live. And unfortunately, while the national news is often available in multiple languages, or at least English, that's not always true of the local news. So that's why I decided to start this project. And especially for those of you out there who are living abroad and you don't already have someone that you can call. I mean, if you moved here with a partner who's German, or if you have a close German friend or you're studying, maybe you're getting translation help through those sources. But again, not everyone has that, especially if you're new. And so I don't want to leave you guys hanging, leave you guys stressed out. So... That is source number one. That's something that I've been doing in my free time. And resource number two ties into what's been keeping me busy during the days. So there is a project in Freiburg called Techies versus Corona. And we are a group of people who have things like 3D printers and laser cutters and knowledge about making things. So this group formed in Freiburg where we can coordinate to create face shields that can be donated to organizations that need them. So right now, most of the customers are places like doctor offices or nursing homes. So the devices that we're making are not medical grade, but A, they help in a pinch, and B, they can be worn with a fabric mask or a medical mask for even better results. These shields are pretty easy to make out of materials that you might actually have around. So there's two pieces that are 3D printed and then there is a clear shield and that can be a piece of transparent paper like an overhead projector sheet or something like that. Um, and then you just need some kind of band to put it around your head with. So anyway, I won't get too into the details of that. I've been involved because my workplace has a 3D printer that's in my department. So I have been going in and printing off parts and this group while the one I'm involved with is in Freiburg, this is a larger idea. So there's also a website called makersversusvirus.org, and that is Germany-wide. 
So you can go on there and see if there's an existing group in your area, or even you can just go onto the website prusa.com. Prusa is a 3D printing company, and they are the ones who put out the file for the pieces that you need. And on their website, they have different groups and different places they can point you to to see if there is an effort going on in your area to help create these. So again, makersversusvirus.org, makersvsvirus.org. If you have yourself or you know someone who has a 3D printer, a laser cutter, or knowledge about these kind of things, you should definitely see if you can get involved. And finally, resource number three is for my Americans abroad. If you have heard about the stimulus package that the U.S. approved, you guys are actually eligible even if you're living abroad. And the company My Expat Taxes, who we did a tax episode with that I re-aired a couple weeks ago, they wrote a very, very helpful blog post explaining how this works for U.S. Americans living abroad. So I'm going to put the link to that also in the show notes. Okay. There we go. Now on to today's episode. So we're here to talk about couples counseling for expats. If you'll remember in season three, we had an episode with Katie. Actually, today's guest is also named Katie, but it's a different Katie. (laughs) We had an episode called Intercultural Relationships with Katie. And that Katie shared with us her story of her intercultural relationship as an American married to an Austrian. I'll link to that episode also in the show notes because this episode with a different Katie, also American, this one married to a German, um, is a nice compliment to that. Whereas season three Katie, a cultural peace Katie, (laughs) talked about her personal experience. Season four Katie, positive connections Katie, talks to us about her experience as a counselor and what she sees on a larger scale in her clients as well as in her research and her knowledge in this field. It was important to us both that we talk about couples counseling generally and different struggles and and benefits of intercultural relationships as we had planned before corona. But of course, we also wanted to address how the current situation does affect these tips and tricks because a lot of people are spending a lot more time at home with their partners, with their families, and it can get hard. But Katie has so many incredible ideas and new perspectives on the topic that I'm really excited to bring to you. All right, with that said, let's hear from Katie. My name is Katie Russler. Um, I am originally from, I just call it the Southeast because I grew up in a military family. And I currently live in Munich, Germany, and we are coming up on four years here, which is some ways it went by fast and some ways it went by really slow, especially if I think about learning language, then I think it went by really slow. Yeah. (laughs) And do you want to tell us a little bit about your job? Yeah. So in the United States, um, I'm a licensed professional counselor and I had a private practice in Virginia for three years. And then we were pregnant with our first daughter and decided to move two years later, right before she turned two, to Germany. I married a German, hence the last name. And I kind of thought, you know what? I'm probably not gonna be able to work as a counselor here. I knew they were pretty strict with being PhD and all these different things. I had my second daughter while we were here a couple of months later after moving here and ran into a psychologist at the playground who um, ended up being a couples therapist as well. And he said, hey, come do some research with me. You know, that'll give you something to do. I said, okay, well, let me let me get through the first like six months of new baby and a toddler because we all know that's just like a big transition <laughs> plus yeah. in a new country. 
And I called him up at about the six month mark. I was like, I need something. <laughs> like I need, I need to do some type of work. So I started working for him and, and he talked about, you know, that I could be a couples therapist without any problems here in Germany. And also that I could do workshops, which would be a great way to help people to know what I do and help people to, to learn some relationship skills. See, on online, especially in the Facebook world here in Munich, there are several larger groups of women who connect on Facebook. And I was just reading regularly, like people struggling in their relationships, unsure of what to do. We just moved here. We're having problems or we've been here for years and I still don't know how to adjust. It's affecting my, my relationship. And I kind of sat back going, is anybody going to respond? But everybody just commiserated, like misery loves company. And I was like, okay. So then I started responding with like, have you tried this or what about that? And people were like, oh my gosh, I never thought of that. And I was like, okay. From there, I started to realize there was really a need for an English speaking couples therapist here who had moved recently and could feel this adjustment and feel the changes in her relationship and, and knew exactly where these people were coming from being in a bicultural relationship as well. And so I started doing couples therapy here and workshops and providing families with resources on things like having family meetings, how to argue in healthy ways. A course I have online is how to kid proof your marriage. So just looking at ways to help them have tools rather than feel like here I have moved to this new country and whether or not it's my partner's home country or not, I don't feel like I fit in. I don't feel like I understand everything and that's impacting my relationship. I wanted them to have tools. I didn't want them to feel so lonely. Man, and when you reached out to me, I about died because you are exactly what I was looking for about six months ago because at that time, my cross-cultural relationship, as it were, was coming to a bit of a head and we decided that we wanted to see a therapist to see if we could work things out. When I was researching who to go to, it was already really intimidating because, you know, there's all this vulnerability involved in asking for help. And I learned that you in Germany have to pay out of pocket for couples counseling. It's not like normal therapy considered part of healthcare. It's considered extra. So cost is coming into play. And then on top of it, our issues that we wanted to discuss were very focused on our cross-cultural status. And on top of that, our relationship was in English. So although he is German and I became fluent in German and we could do it in German, it was important to us to have it in English because that's that's how we talk. And so although at the beginning yeah. I didn't know what I was looking for, it became clear over time that what I was looking for was essentially your profile. But unfortunately in my town, there's there's just not someone who who does that. But I mean, I just there's something truly special about having it be someone First off, anyone who caters to this specific audience, because it's definitely a group of people, you know, I'm not the only one who's had these kind of issues. It's so common, like you were saying, you see it in the Facebook groups, you see it when you talk to friends. So not only are you catering to this group, you're additionally from this group. And so it's this whole nother level of understanding it. So anyway, I'm, I'm so excited to learn that you exist out there. I do. <laughs> because of the beauty of, of Skype and, and Zoom and being able to do these sessions online, Really, it's just, like you said, it's about people being able to find you. That can be really hard. You know, you, typically you only look in your own city. You don't think, and most people want to do it in person. Totally understandable. But here we are in a certain situation where everything has to be on Skype. So people are, are shifting and realizing it can be just as effective when it's over the computer. I thought it would be great to talk through 
the topic of intercultural relationships and what you've learned over the years, both through your personal experience as well as especially through your practice. So my first question to you is, what are some common areas of tension or conflict in intercultural relationships? So I, I think some common areas of tension are what will be normal for our family. So I, I, as a couple therapist, I always think about the traditions that a couple is going to be forming. What are going to be the norms? What are the regular everyday behaviors, but also what are the like holiday plans and things? Those tend to be where couples can clash often because they don't think to talk about those things. Like we, you might talk about like, well, how are we going to celebrate Christmas? And if you're American living in Germany, then you know, it's like the 24th and the 25th, but we don't always think about other holidays or birthdays or how these things will look. And I find a lot of couples clash on that. Another piece is if you've got children, how to raise your kids. Oh my goodness. That one comes up a lot two different cultures, two different ways of doing it. But then you also have two different personalities. You would find that with a, a couple who is from the same culture. But I find with the cultural difference, we often get even more prideful about, no, this is the way you're supposed to do it, or this is what I grew up doing. And then we end up like fighting over something that's not so serious. But all of a sudden, we want to hold on to anything that we can say is part of our identity of our culture that we want to pass on or we want to keep in our relationship instead of being a little more relaxed and saying no one's trying to take that from you what is the new we in a sense the the we goals and the we mentality of how we want to do these things Right. And I know it can even be so hard to identify where that line is between what is me and what is my culture. These are the kind of questions that you don't necessarily have to ask when you're staying inside your cultural bubble, just so to say. But when you're thrown into this situation and you're living abroad and and raising a family abroad, etc. Yeah, there are so many questions of, okay, was it just that my family did it this way and that's the culture of my family growing up? Or is it the culture of America? Or is it me? And it's, it's hard to parse that all out. Totally. And I think often when we return to our home countries and like have a couple weeks there and we go through our own reverse culture shock in the sense, we start to see the things we do need to question. Do we agree with doing things this way? Do we like that we think this way or have we shifted as well? And maybe we need to adapt and not hold on to those pieces. Another thing I, I see couples argue about a lot, especially if, if you moved here to Germany because your partner is German, it takes away a bit of your independence, especially as you're learning the language, you're learning the culture, you're learning the logistics of everything. Everything as simple as healthcare and insurance and retirement benefits, all these things, you have to start from the beginning. And none of us like to be vulnerable and feel like we don't know. So what comes up is we struggle with things like fear of failure or fear of guilt or fear of rejection, then we often, when we feel like we don't know something or um, did something wrong for the third time that week, as we're trying to learn the new ways of doing things here, that it can impact our relationship. And I find with couples very often, one of the one who's learning the language or learning the system continues to look to their partner to start to get upset. Like, are, are you upset with me? Or I'm sorry. I'm, you know, we apologize a lot because we are expecting them to get frustrated. And they do eventually, let's be honest, we would as well. They do eventually get frustrated having to explain it for the you know fifth time or 
having to fill out the paperwork that we feel like by now our partner should be able to fill it out. Why am I filling it out still? But this is all part of the need for us to be communicating our transition together. And I find when we move here, there's an adjustment part that's a little bit of depression and almost a fight against the system. I don't, I don't want to learn it. I don't want to understand. I don't, I don't get it and I don't want to get it. And once you move out of that and really start to get into a place of like, this is my home too. These are the things I enjoy about it. Hey, wait, when I go to my home country, I don't always enjoy everything as well. Okay, that's okay then. And then you start to talk with your partner about, yeah, these forms are really confusing because my dear, you are German and yet you are still confused by these forms. So you expect me to figure them out. Then you start to have like some humor and a dialogue about it versus this feeling of I'm not good enough. I can't figure it out. There's something wrong with me. Here I am continuing to fail in this country and not get it. And then we beat ourselves up, which then impacts our relationship. Often that's not even something they desire to happen. So one thing you mentioned is humor. That's obviously a wonderful remedy to a lot of problems in life. (laughs) What are some other things that people can do to address these problems or prepare themselves so at least they know that they're going to have these problems? To be honest, I'm not trying to plug myself, but finding a counselor is excellent. And someone who understands the adjustment or even a coach who, who is specifically here for helping with adjustment to new cultures. Both of you going into moving to that country or living in that country with fresh eyes. How are we going to learn about this together? Making it sort of a teamwork kind of thing versus you need to catch up and figure it out. And that will help us not feel so much of a divide. And yes, 100% the humor in it, because there are times where I laugh and say my husband is more American than me. And there are times where I look at my kids and they go, well, there's the German in you. Like we just know how to like laugh at some of the things that are now part of our cultural stereotypes that maybe we act out day to day or (laughs) throughout the week. I think it's crucial and it helps you to separate yourself from some of those things. So you don't, again, take that pride stance of like, I'm offended that you said that because I'm American. Okay, well, uh, it's funny. (laughs) Like some things are really funny. If we looked at it from a different culture, some of the things that we do are funny or they don't make sense. Other tips would be just, so you've got teamwork and humor and again, communicating, talking about how hard it is. Our transition actually was equally difficult because my husband had lived in the States for about six, seven years. And then we moved back to Germany and he went through heavy reverse culture shock. Him coming back here was him having to learn everything from the beginning as well. And that really hit at his pride and upset him and frustrated him because it's like he felt like he should already know. I would ask things our, our first year here, like, so where do you get Christmas trees? And he would look at me like, I don't know. And I'm like, you you lived here for most of your life. How do you not know? But then I had to remember he moved to the States as a young adult, like his first job was in the States. So as a teenager, you're not really paying, you know, I guess maybe girls do, but guys don't really pay attention to where do we buy the Christmas tree? So there were some things where I'd ask questions because genuinely, I really thought he would know genuinely. And we had to navigate that together without it being a problem, especially if you're the type who doesn't like to not know and you feel like it's a problem to not know something, that can be where you start to argue more and more with your partner because you're having to go, I don't know, I'm not sure, or figure it out for yourself. Like, 
you get really upset when in reality it's, it's okay to not know. And both of you can be learning together when you're going through the reverse culture shock. Well, and this makes me think of another thing. And that is that there is an inherent imbalance in any intercultural relationship where one person is moving to a country essentially for the other person. And in some cases, learning a new language in order to make that move work. And so I mean, objectively speaking, one person has put a lot more on the line to make that happen. At the end of the day, most people wouldn't have made that move if they didn't also want it for themselves. So it's not about blaming the person and saying, well, I'm only here because of you or something cruel like that. It's not like that, but it there still is at the end of the day, this imbalance. So is that something that you encounter amongst your clients? And what do people do about it? Totally. And Nicole, that's like a huge point. I'm so glad you brought it up because If we move here to Germany for our partner or to be with our partner, I always hate for our partner. Like you said, we usually made that decision as well. We believe there's a power imbalance. It's almost like we give them, here's all the power, you have it, versus we together made this decision. I agreed to move here. I didn't know by agreeing to move here, I wasn't going to enjoy all of it. And it would be like, I knew it would be hard in quotations. But then when you actually go through, it's a different level of hard because it's reality. And instead of being able to go, this is just really difficult. We kind of point the finger and be like, you know, well, I just feel really vulnerable. You've got all the power, especially if you aren't at a point where you have the job yet. And so financially you're depending on that person. It really becomes a a power imbalance. And that's That really is a piece where you have to communicate with your partner. I feel very vulnerable that if something was to happen, I've got nothing. And talk about what is a plan in case the two of you don't work out. What what would you do? What would your partner do? What are you both agreeing to together? I just think that's being responsible in a relationship. Um, But often couples, again, don't do that because we don't like to think the worst outcome. But if you are going to move to... Germany with your partner or if you're already here and you guys haven't had that discussion and you're kind of feeling like "Mm, we might need to then then go for it just as a like honey we we really need to get on the same page in case something occurs what would happen and if you have kids here in Germany there are sort of like German rules already that block you from doing certain things so you need to know that too and you need to be aware of what rights you have yeah I think those are huge conversations people need to be having and also recognizing Often when we think we gave them the power, we really didn't because we do have the choice to, to leave and to return home sometimes. It, it isn't a matter of I'm stuck. Anytime we feel like stuck, we panic, right? We get anxious and we lose creativity when we're stressed. So I often tell clients to take a deep breath and tell me like, what would they like their life to look like? And think about that. And then I go, well, how can we get there? And then all of a sudden they start to think of ideas instead of, well, that won't work. That won't work. He won't say yes to that. She won't say yes to that. You know, those kinds of things. And, and often the imbalance is actually that one struggles more than the other, that one has to adjust more, adapt more. And we don't like when it doesn't feel equal in our relationship. But if you're listening to this and you're thinking about moving to Germany or any country, please know it is completely an adjustment. Expect a year, if not more. And that's not your partner's fault. And so being able to just recognize that you will feel like pointing the finger at them, but in reality, it's just normal. 
right? And I think any partners who are the ones sort of receiving the move who are staying put while the other person moves, it's important for them to know it too. It's just hard, but it also is a temporary thing one way or another. It's going to keep, time's going to keep moving on. And, and so it's just a matter of accepting it and doing what you can to, to work with it. But it's not all bad the intercultural relationship stuff. <laughs> I think there's definitely a lot of strengths that come to it. I want to throw one out there right off the bat, which is what we've been talking about this whole time, what you brought up of, of having these really tough conversations, even about what if it doesn't work out, which is a thing no one wants to talk about. But this just goes to show when you're in these intercultural relationships, the stakes are very high and you you do have to talk about really difficult things often. And so whether or not you're good at it at the beginning, you're going to get good at it at some point or you're at least going to get better. And the fact that you're being forced in some ways to talk about uncomfortable things, I consider a huge strength. I agree. And I often find that bicultural couples are having to be the counselors for other couples who aren't bicultural. They end up being the example because they go through the fire over and over and come out of it and go, okay, this is what worked and this is what you have to do. They almost are encouraging of others who are struggling no matter for what reason because they know what it feels like. Well, and this ties into another topic I definitely wanted to touch on, which is miscommunications because this happens in any conversation that you will ever have in your life. You will miscommunicate no matter who it is or what. But when you're in a relationship and you're across cultures, the language might A, be different, so literally the words, but also tone or norms or references. These things can all miscommunicate. And of course, miscommunications lead to disagreements and arguments and fights. <laughs> and so I think another strength of the intercultural relationship is that you're, you're going to have miscommunications all the dang time. <laughs> and so even though in a sort of typical relationship, you'd still be having these miscommunications, they might be more foreign to you because you're not realizing what's happening. Whereas when you have a culture and, and or a language in between you, it becomes really clear when it's a mis miscommunication. And so you learn to identify right. that and you learn how to maneuver around it. <laughs> I find that we moved to this country, we are anxious and stressed. And we'll just say like our fight or flight mechanism is like kicked in regularly. And all of a sudden our partner who was maybe just a caterpillar becomes a poisonous snake to us. So everything they're saying has some hidden meaning and some other agenda. And, and they got that word wrong, but they used that word and you meant to use that word. And they're like, oh my God, I didn't know that meant that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I heard it on a show. And, you know, and we struggle to see them as that calm, simple caterpillar that just loves us and everything's fine. So it really is about pushing yourself to believe the best in your partner, that they don't intend to hurt you. I mean, I, I have said even now after we've been together for 11 years, my husband and I, I've said, did you mean to use that word? And you might be like, well, what does that mean? Or, well, it, this is how I meant it. And then I'm like, oh, okay, that's not what you meant. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you do have to ask before you blow up to say, what is it you're trying to say? <laughs> I, I, I'm chuckling because this reminded me of this time when my ex, told me um he told me I was stout <laughs> and, <laughs> and he was so happy to tell me this <laughs> and I was like I don't think that's what you mean to, to be saying and he was like no 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 I really do and I'm like I mm, hey hey listen to me I, I don't think that's what you mean hint hint nudge nudge even if it is maybe we don't say it <laughs> and his right. explanation was very comical it was also just like 
if I fell out of a tree, I wouldn't break. <laughs> Which I think <laughs> just Thank made the situation even more bizarre. But I think what he was essentially getting at is like, I'm a strong person. I'm, I'm sturdy. I'm durable. All these kind of things. But what it came out as is you're stout and you can fall out of trees and survive. <laughs> Right. Yep. So that's a very silly example. And I knew, I, I mean, I was just amused by it at the moment and continued to make fun of him for forever for saying that. <laughs> um, but that's the thing. I mean, if I'd taken that seriously or if, it, if I'd been in a worse mood that day and I was just in one of those mental spaces where you have to take everything at face value, I mean, yeah, I mean, that could have yeah. gone awry. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, okay, and it's really appropriate that we're talking now because we are in the time of coronavirus, which um, is terrifying and it's a lot to deal with for everyone. But I, I remember the last day of work when I was leaving, one of my last conversations with a coworker was her shrugging and saying, in nine months, we're going to have a lot of babies and we're going to have a lot of divorces. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, I know that's becoming, I've seen so many memes say that. Yeah, sadly, we definitely created an interesting mindset around um, being with your partner for long periods of time. And why I say it's an interesting mindset, it's because instead of us seeing it as an opportunity to really try to make things work if we're not in a good place and, you know, hey, now we have the time to maybe watch some training videos on better communication or read that book we've been saying we're going to read or finally find that counselor. And now we're, we have a lot more time to do it. We are going into it with this could cause divorce. And I think that mindset is actually what's going to affect a lot of relationships. I was actually working with a couple this past week and prior to the coronavirus, we were in a state of, will this marriage continue? And then we hit this, period of time where now they're together all the time. And you can imagine how uncomfortable that is of going, you know, do I love you? Do I not? I don't know, but we're, we're in this for the next few weeks and, and there's children in the home. And so I, I actually said to one of them this week, I said, let me just work my magic, but you guys promise me you'll do the homework. And what the homework is going to be is just connecting and specifically doing some things that are going to shift the way they see each other so then they can make I like to call an educated decision about leaving the relationship than an emotional decision we need to take our emotions into account but sometimes it's because of hurt over time that can be resolved that actually can be resolved if we start having those difficult conversations if you're one of those couples who are like I don't know Katie we really <laughs> we're really struggling I do have three good tips for how to have a better experience together. I'm not going to say like survive. I don't like that word when it comes to this, because I think that as well as a negative mindset. Um, but the first one is, is to, first of all, communicate. Hey, I'm just as uncomfortable as you are right now. Or if one of you is an extrovert and the other is an introvert, then you know this because I'm the extrovert in my <laughs> relationship. I'm going to struggle because I won't get to see all my people and uh, except for on screens, um, and you're going to become my person I'm going to talk to a whole lot. And the introvert needs to go, I will need periods of time where you stop talking to me. I'm going to need that boundary. So even communication like that, or what will our schedule be? What will our plans be? How can we start to more effectively have quality time? We have a lot of quantity time now, but how do you make it quality time and stop turning on the television? What are the conversations we've been wanting to have, but we've been avoiding? 
how do we get to know each other better again? Silly, probably 20 questions to better understand the person. I mean, I have a worksheet I usually do with couples about, it asks them, you know, who are the important people in, in your partner's life? What does a typical day look like for them? And so they have to stop and really pay attention and think about it. And then they come to their partner and say, these are my answers. And often they're not right because they don't actually listen when their partner's talking to them. So it's a good opportunity to start to get to know each other better. Even if you have a really healthy relationship, but you guys have just been super busy because life, then it's a time to reconnect. So creating a, a plan of how to use that quality time. And then the third thing is also having boundaries. You need your space. They need their space. It is not to be taken any offense to when you go like, can I just have tonight by myself? Can you go upstairs and like, I watch the television or I, I really want to talk to my friend till 1am or whatever. Can I'm going to go do that. And you, you just have boundaries with each other and respect that neither of you gets to have that like alone time that maybe you had before. If you have kids in the mix, then it really is about negotiating. I'd really like that hour in the afternoon to just be me. So I'm going to go read a book in this room and you take care of the kids in that room. And I know they're going to come in because I'm there, but let's just negotiate these boundaries and where our spaces will be and things. I think those are important. So communicate, create a plan of quality time, and then really have some boundaries with each other and knowing you can't always be right in the same room together. And if you have a studio flat, I'm really sorry. (laughs) (laughs) This is what I was just thinking. Maybe pull the bookshelf away from the wall and create another wall. I don't know. (laughs) It's a time to get creative. It's a time to get innovative. Do what you need to do. (laughs) Have fun with it, though. I find a lot of couples are like bonding over the memes that are out there or the stuff that, you know, just laugh. This is a time that if we stay stressed and frustrated, we're going to react to each other. And we're going to fight more. Often it's not even about each other. It's about our fears. It's about our worries and our concerns and the overwhelm. I truly, truly believe that many of us pick up on the energy of like what's going on around us. So if you're feeling yourself like super stressed, you're like, why am I so stressed? Like I'm, I've kind of stayed away from all of it. You might be picking up just on the energy around you. And just be careful you're not being reactive to your kids, to your partner. It's very easy to right now. Like my poor husband, <laughs> there's been a couple nights where I'm just like, blah. And then the next day I'm like, that wasn't even about you. Yeah. <laughs> that was my own stuff. I see yeah. it now. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, but these tips are so good because I think, yeah, I love the idea that, that we don't need to be going into this joking about divorces, um, that we can go into this thinking, wow, what a great opportunity to really work on our stuff and, you know, this yeah. is a situation in, in the world right now that's going to make all of us go to our own mental extremes. You know, a lot of our flaws are going to come out really strong. A lot of our best qualities are going to come out real strong. And it's going to be there, present, and we're all going to have to deal with it. So why right. not try to make the best out of it and try to use this as a time to really grow, learn yourself better, learn your partner better, and learn how to communicate it better. And I think those tips, I mean, those are things that you could use any day of the year, but now especially to focus on them intentionally is a fantastic idea. I've got two bonus tips. As you said, I was like, oh, hold on. One, (laughs) things that irritate you about your partner, take a moment and see if it's stuff that annoys you about yourself. Often the things that really irritate us, like you're always forgetting this. You're always forgetting that. Why do you keep forgetting this? If you take a moment and kind of look in the mirror, 
you might go, what are areas in my life I'm being really forgetful and I'm frustrated at myself. And it's just way easier to get mad at my partner. But I tend to say it's like your partner holds up a mirror and you're like, you, you, you. And really you need to be going like, I, I, I. So if you're finding during this time you're getting like that, see if it's because you're seeing, you're seeing a lot of your partner. You're also seeing a lot of yourself and how you respond and react to things. Maybe you don't like how you're doing that. So be really self-reflective and then please self-care. Oh my goodness. Think of it like a soda can and every frustrating event, every annoying event, every time you read the news about this and that, that's even worse. You're shaking that can, shaking that can, shaking that can. And if you open it up, it's going to explode on everyone. Right. But if you slowly, especially from the States, you know how to do this slowly, <laughs> a little bit, you know, tap, we're tap, just a little bit, a little bit more. <laughs> then it, it releases a little bit of that gas and all of a sudden everything's okay. You can be doing that through, again, the boundaries of having some time for you. If you're able to get outside and get some fresh air, plant something, like just, just do things that get you relaxed, take a bath, finally paint your nails. You've been saying you've been doing it forever. Finally do it. Like whatever it is, do some self-care Yes, we're not getting out of our homes, but it does not mean you can't go do your hair or dress nice for a day. Like do some things that make you feel good because that is letting out the air out of that soda can that is just ready to explode. So the last thing that I want to make sure we hit on is how to find a you. If someone's listening to this and they think everything she's saying is so helpful, I think I would really benefit from having a couples counselor. How can people go about finding one in person or online? So the easiest way, if you want somebody in your city, is just to search English-speaking therapist or counselor or couple therapist or child therapist, whatever it is you're looking for in your city, because then you're going to get even those who are not native speakers are going to show up, which is fine. The other thing is um, asking in Facebook communities or communities you're comfortable of just saying either anonymous question or most of these communities, someone has asked. So you can just do the search function in that group and put in counselor or therapist and you're going to find recommendations. There are many people in our groups here that as soon as somebody asks for a therapist, they're like, here's the thread of like 50 different people <laughs> they can be attached to. So um, you can even email some of those who maybe are not native English speakers and say, uh, I would really like to find someone who is native English speaking. Do you know anyone? and see if they have connections. Um, most of us have connected with therapists from our city, so they may have those connections for you. Yeah, and, and honestly, m right now, all of us are, are doing our sessions online or should be. So no one's gonna turn you away if you say like, you know, if you live 30 minutes away and you say, I really need to do it by Skype, that's not a problem. I've worked with people in Stuttgart and throughout, even outside of Munich. It's just about finding the schedule that works with your schedule. And am I correct in saying that this kind of therapy is not covered typically under German insurance? It's not. Um, so it is out of pocket and you can, you know, some of us have sliding scales, some of us don't. And so you can kind of search around and see and, and know that the first therapist you meet may not be the right one, but don't stop. Uh, often we get into this, like, this is the one, the only one. So now I have to like them. But my style may not be everybody's fit. And I'm okay with that. And I tell them right off the back, our first session at the end of it, I go, I want you guys to go home and decide if I'm the right one for you. Because 
it's okay if I'm not. One of you may like me and the other doesn't. It's fine. You really want to find the right fit because you are addressing and talking about things like sex and belief systems and values. And, and you want to have someone that you feel that you can trust. So make sure you really find the one you're the most comfortable with and don't do it just because it's the one English speaker you could find. You, you can always email me. Um, it's katie at positive-connections.com. And if you want to work with me, we can see if there's a times that work. And if not, I can definitely see if I can find someone in your area because, you know, I have my own connections who may know people in those cities. So don't be afraid to reach out. I'm, I'm willing to help. That is so nice that you offer. That's wonderful. Thank you for that. With that, then we are going to round the corner and head home with the ending segment, which is called Zack, Zack, Zack. So it is a rapid fire question round where I'm going to ask you three questions that you're going to answer without thinking it, overthinking it. Just go with your gut. Are you ready? Okay. Are you ready, Nicole? (laughs) I like that attitude. (laughs) What is your favorite Bavarian food? Oh, the, uh, the, uh, what is it called? The, the bee sting cake. Yeah. Yes. So good. I'm saying that's Bavarian. I'm going to claim it. We're going with it. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Second question. What is your go-to song at the moment when you just need to dance it out and get your mood up? (sighs) Right now it is anything. Is it Dua Lipa? Is that how you pronounce her name? Dua Lipa. She has a song, Don't Come Out. And I have decided that is my song for 2018 because I had a horrible 2019 year. So I like to sing that song to it. Like, if you don't want to see me being successful and happy, then don't don't come out. I like it. That's a good one. Yeah. All right. And finally, who is your, not your celebrity crush, but rather your celebrity couple crush? Dax Shepard and Kristen Bell. Very good. And they are pro couples therapy. In fact, they talk very openly about their couples therapy that they go through. So I love them. That's awesome. Okay. That was so good. And you already mentioned your email address if people want to reach out to you either to work with you or to see if you know someone who would work for them. How else can people find you and connect with you? Yeah. So I would say just go to my website, positive-connections.com. And then I'm also on Instagram and Facebook and you can just search Katie period positive period connections. Perfect. And we will link to that in the show notes. Katie, thank you so very much for coming onto the show. This was such a helpful episode. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. And to all of you who are listening, you're not alone. Nicole and I have been through it (laughs) in different ways. It's a challenge and it's okay. I'm raising my praise hands. You can't see, but I'm... I'm a Me too. I'll do it too. Yep. Yeah. Yep. There you go. <laughs> Thank you again to Katie for coming onto the show. Was I right or was I right? She is so knowledgeable. She is so helpful. And I think all of those tips are things that we can all take into our homes now more than ever. I really hope this one helped you guys. There's going to be a ton of links in the show notes this time because of all the resources I mentioned regarding Corona at the beginning, as well as all of the resources that Katie shared. And as always, you can follow The Expat Cast on social media at The Expat Cast on Instagram or on Twitter. I want to thank Amy Lungi Art for the logo and to Sidehug for the theme music. Next Thursday on the show, we're going to continue this conversation of how we can make the most of this strange, strange time we find ourselves in by talking about community from a distance. Until then, please stay healthy, stay safe, and please enjoy that beautiful sunshine. Tschüss!